Basketball juice. I got a basketball juice. I got a basketball juice. Ooh, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? What time is it? Sloan in the corner for the win! I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Now Myers should win the league, yes! And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, hello and welcome to the Below the Rim show, a show dedicated to the B-Bill. It's me, Pabs. Ads isn't here because he is apparently emptying himself from both ends of the vessel, as so to speak. Uh, so, yeah, so so the right honourable man is not with us. Big uh, big shout out to Ads though. Get well soon. Um, apparently today he's been stuck to the toilet with his only companion, a bin, which he sent us all a picture of earlier, which was lovely. Uh, we are joined though uh, by the uh, the media guru from the southwest. That is Mr. Paul Nicholson. How are you, sir? Good, been a busy day today. Uh, term, <laughs> a few, thi- few things going on on social media, you know. Uh, mm. Fun no, times. All, all good. Yeah, yeah, very well, thank you. Fun times. And it's the Southwest Derby, because we've also got, straight <laughs> from Bristol, flying in, Mr Matt Hardy. How are you, sir? Yeah, really good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Buzzer to be here. I'm not quite as Southwest as Paul, though, so I, I can't be the Southwest correspondent. But um, but yeah, I'll take it, I'll take it. Happy to be Let's be fair, we haven't had a Southwest Derby now for at least three games. I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we can put that down to our first topic. We've got the usual stuff coming up. We'll, we'll do the BTL5. We'll have a look at Green of the Week, although I think that's pretty much a non-starter. Uh, we will pick our nominations for MVP of the Week. And then we're going to do something a bit fun. We're going to go through each BBL team. We're going to pick their dynamic duo and then rank them on that duo solely. Got nothing to do with the rest of the squad, just going two for two. Ranking them one to ten, or starting with the worst and going to the best. We'll see when we get there. But we'll start things off by talking about the um, Twitter beef. I don't know what you'd call it, really. Debate, discussion, although it seems fairly one-sided at the minute. Um, regarding doubleheader weekends, more specifically as well, two games in 24 hours. But the stats, we well, I put the stats up... Um, on the BTR one, although I got it wrong first because I left the Lions out, which we often do because of the BTR Championship. We'll talk about that later on. That's heating up. Um, but yeah, we put the stats out. I think it was of 13 games, 11, 10 or 11 teams on a second day of a double header lose. Um, and the only time a team has won is either the Lions and they've won the second game of their back-to-back or it's been a team that's facing a team that's already had they're both on back-to-backs, if you like. Uh, so, the, And the team that's lost tends to be the team that's had the 24-hour back-to-back, where the stats are even worse. Um, I will say that I think it, I, I think it's been a fairly... Uh, in terms of 24-hour back-to-backs, I'm not as sure. But in terms of double-headers over a weekend, I think it's been pretty steady as we've been going along. Anyway, as I was saying, I don't think there's been a team that has necessarily... Um, had an advantage in terms of double headers. I think everybody's faced at least two double headers. I think in terms of twenty-four hour double headers, I'm not. I'd have to have another look at that. I'm not sure, but it's it's kicked off quite a stir. People talking about the back to backs. People also talking about the tip off times. People talking about the changing schedules, adding a Thursday. I wrote a little piece about it 
which was more rambly than anything on my blog today regarding it, which is fairly inconclusive. It was just the inside of my head just spilling out onto a, onto a page. But I don't know, man. How's how in terms of the flyers? How have you guys found it so far, schedule wise? First, like the double headers. I think schedule wise, I know. Let me see. I can't remember off the top of my head how many the Flyers have had. Obviously, we were the beneficiary of it this week because the Newcastle Eagles had not only a game. I think it was something like seventeen hours, but like previous, they were they were playing Leicester and then they tipped off against Bristol. Not only was it a game, it was a very, very chippy game. Mm. Um, So we were obviously the beneficiaries of it. Um, We haven't had any daily back-to-backs. We've had, you know, a couple of days in between, like a 48-hour turnaround. But I think... Has the number of games increased recently? I think this year, possibly, there's an increase in the number of games total being played. Last season. Last season, that was it. But yeah, so it feels like even by adding the Thursday games, it just feels like they're unavoidable somehow. Um, I'm not sure if that's because more teams are playing in Europe. You guys will have more insight into that than me. But yeah, it's obviously not not ideal um, for the team that's having to do the back-to-back. But if it's a necessary evil of, you know, as long as everyone does it, maybe it balances out across the rest of the league. But yeah, it's... It'd be interesting to see sort of further down the line in the rest of the league to see if it contributes to injury or anything like that. I know some teams aren't as deep as others. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one. Mm. I would say as well, Bristol, you, you had a, a little bit of a dip early on in the season, but I think that itself wasn't necessarily down to, well, it may have been down to the double headers, but also you had that game in Europe. And, of course, there are teams that have got numerous games in Europe coming up, which... Although it won't appear that they've got a double header in terms of domestic, they will have because they'll have a game on at any given night of the week, either somewhere in Europe or at home. That that could well affect. But they, I guess, teams from that sense knew what they're getting into, and and built their teams accordingly. But domestically, it seems to be having a greater effect. Nicholson. Yeah, I was about to say agree with what you said. Then, like, reality is, if you've entered Europe, you understand you're going to play more basketball games, and so if you're going to enter Europe, you it's your job as an organisation to say build your squad accordingly. So I I won't have I'd have limited sympathy if it comes towards the end of the season and teams are saying, oh yeah, but we're in Europe, that's why we're losing, or that's why we're less players. Well, you you had the option to to build your squad around that. And, and you decided not to, so that will be on you. Um, there's obviously going to be an all-star break this season. Yeah, so March 17th, bit, was it? Yeah. yeah. Potential for a bit of rest there um, for teams. And, and yeah, it's obvious it's going, to, it's going to affect teams. And it's going to affect the teams who have the most travel. You know, your Caledonias, um, your, your Newcastles at times, um, Plymouth, uh, Bristol, uh, uh, mm. you know, Obviously, Caledonia and Plymouth being at the the vast end of the spectrum there, because actually a double header is ridiculous on on certain days. You know, we went to Cheshire just the, uh, the weekend gone. Guys got back at four thirty in the morning. Mm. You know, you you it'll be impossible to do a double header on that day. You know, lucky enough there wasn't one. But it, it's those teams as an example getting well, was, back at three that, in the morning is is nothing. Yeah. No, that's normal if you're in Plymouth. <laughs> one of that's one a of the very arguments, normal thing. One of the arguments, kind of 
for or negating the doubleheader weekends. It was the comparison with NBA teams and how they play back-to-backs and that sometimes they play three games in, in five days and, and there's generally three games a week for them. But, I mean, I said it. With all due I respect, said, I said they it have in my better article. facilities. Well, this is it. I said in my article, there's... Players. There's well, it's more than that. Like you, you're not having to. I mean, you. I put it. I put it a few times, and it might be. It might be. Uh, it might be uh, taking the piss out of some of the teams. Maybe, maybe underestimating some of them. But, but listing coach journey, travelodge, Greg's, you know, is a lot different to private jet, five star yeah. hotel, Michelin star restaurant, physios. Uh, on taps, um, nutritionist there to make a snack, you know, and and doing every effort to make even the furthest away games feel like, you know, a little bit closer to home, that kind of thing. It's a very different, but then exactly what you said, Nicholson, sometimes there's no need for a hotel because you're driving back from Newcastle after the game and you're going to get back at three in the morning. <laughs> Beautiful. And then you've got to play the game. So like Saturday, if you play on a Friday night and you're then playing again on a Saturday, Saturday's out. Like that, that day's done for. You've finished. You've then got to hope you've recovered by Sunday. Otherwise, sat, sat, you're get sat on a bus. Yeah, sat on a bus playing or a mini with bus or in a car. at three yeah. in the morning. It's not the same. Not, not all the teams have a coach, same, is it? Yeah, not all teams have the access of a coach. Some use minibuses. Some use uh, cars. Yeah, I've had. We've had Sheffield come down to us in the cars before. <laughs> a T burn his big four by four. So it's a it's a tough one. I mean, I'm selfishly, I am enjoying having games, more games in the week. But that said, yeah. I'm sat at home on my ass watching them with a walk upstairs to go to bed. I haven't, you know, I've not yeah. taken my family to watch a game that takes at least half an hour to get there. You got to get there early. You're going to watch the game. It doesn't finish till gone 10 o'clock. Then you got to queue up to get out. And then you got to queue up in a car park to get out. And then you don't get home till 11, quarter past 11 on a school night. It's not fucking happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's been a bit of sort of conversation going on about that sort of affecting attendances and stuff like that. I'm not quite sure how much to read into that. A lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe read into it as much as you want. From the horse's mouth. Yeah. It's well, there, even though yeah, the horse's mouth that's full of pizza. Like that to give yeah. you an example, last season <laughs> we, we we sold out five games last season, uh Plymouth Pavilions, which is a, a lot for, for a British basketball league venue. Um, they were all Sundays. They were all at three o'clock. When we play on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and sometimes Saturday nights, bear in mind our fan base is probably 80% your typical family of four. Mm-hmm. It kills you. And, you, you know, you need those bums on seats. You need those bums on seats. You, you, Especially and, and pavilions. You got to pay Unfortunately, for I don't get any money from Pablo watching it at home on YouTube. You know, <laughs> you don't get any money if I turn up either. <laughs> it's true. Um, I do write articles though. We're in the paper today. Ooh. Um, but we, yeah, we need bumps on seats. And when you have a game, let's say, like for instance, we've got a game Wednesday, we've got a game Sunday. If you are the casual fan, you go to one of them. Yeah. You don't go to both. Season ticket holders, diehard fans go to both. The casual fan will go to one, so that's that's what it disrupts. Plus, working schedules and things like that. You're more likely to go on the Sunday because it's your day off. Mm. Nine times out of ten, that's that's how that goes. How do you feel about um, 
if if it is the case that the move to go Thursdays is for this NESN uh, deal, which I've got to say we've been talking about on here for, for months. I thought it was done. I thought everybody knew about it. Like I was even going down through, like you can pick up NESN, you can get a feed on that on like um, what is it, a Cody player or something? You can you can watch it on that. And I've even been looking out for games on that, thinking they're going to come up any minute. I thought that's what the TV timeouts were for. I thought it was solely for the American network or yeah. New England Sports Network, whatever it's called. But um, how do we feel if we're kind of bending over backwards to accommodate that, Matt? I think you know in. If it, if it's not affecting player welfare, I think for I'm I've not had a great deal of beef with the sort of media timeouts and stuff. Um, especially when you're at games, it's you know there's you don't really notice it. It's just another timeout. Um, obviously, watching along at home now it started off the season where it was just a big blank screen. <laughs> now it's just Taj Green buying sneakers. Oh, God, they've got to film a new time. one. They have to film something else. <laughs> Which is great content, but if you see it literally seven or eight times a game, <laughs> it's going to drop your wit. Um, so I've got, I've got no beef with it in principle. Um, you know, monetizing the league is good. I think any sort of more money you can get into the league is great. Um, but yeah, the, the jury's still out whether or not it's got a permanent detriment on people actually coming in if they can't make it in the week um, and player welfare. That's what I'm most sort of keenly watching to see if we get to sort of the new year and, you know, people are breaking down and, you know, all of a sudden every team is rolling like Cheshire and they've got like eight people. (laughs) It's just like, there's just no depth. Then that's when you've got got to start asking questions. But I've got a feeling that it will be pushed and pushed until the league breaks a bit and that we start getting issues like that. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll be all right. Excellent. Um, I see the bigger picture of it for sure. Uh, because I don't think it's just going to be this one TV deal. There'll, there'll be more because bear in mind, this TV deal is done yeah. in new England. They're striving for ESPN, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're, you know, there's plenty of other TV networks across the whole of the States. And, and, you know, I'm sure this won't be the only one and I'm sure it will bring in a, a good amount of revenue. Um, and obviously the league have invested a lot of money and a lot of resources. So this revenue coming in will, will cover the costs of those resources and hopefully cover the costs and some, and then over the years, the clubs will then start wreaking the rewards of this mm. because that's probably the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, I see the bigger picture, so the clubs are definitely going to support the league in doing this. Um, I just hope that by supporting the league and doing this and saying, yeah, okay, we'll play these games on the Thursday, even though we're probably going to get 30, 40% less fans over time, might we might be able to bring in the money from the TV deal that will make up for having 30, 40% less fans, you know? Mm. Um, that's what you've got to hope for. Um, because uh, you know the, the league are spending a lot of money on a lot of resources, which are helping the clubs in in other ways. You know, I, I can go into it. Just even this week, you know, we featured on Sky Sports, ID feed, BBC, and Greatest Hits Radio. Mm. That's all because of you know a good PR company that's that's working with the league and and obviously great content. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's a mixture of these things. So we see the bigger picture for sure. Um, just hope there can be a a middle ground where 
we we still managed to keep fans coming in and and, and bringing in funds through through that way. Yeah, that's fair. I th- I'm hoping that that it is for a, a decent amount of money. I'd hate to think we were kind of you know making allowances for a TV network that's not giving us a decent amount of money, sustainable money, you know, like money to to keep the league sustainable, which is what we, it's always needed. I, I'm not a fan of the TV timeouts. I get the purpose. I, well, I can't. I get the purpose if they're going to actually put adverts on it um, and sell that space, even on YouTube, sell that space for adverts. The one thing I I didn't like initially seeing them live was just how disruptive to the flow of the game it was and how the players just get cold while they're standing there waiting. It, it, in some situations, they've just had a timeout, um, which, I mean, maybe bad clock management. Maybe you don't get that so much now that everybody's getting more used to the TV timeout and it's after five minutes. Maybe you don't get it so much, but particularly the first couple of weeks, you're getting timeout called and 30 seconds later, the TV timeout and guys are just standing around getting cold. That's when you're going to have issues. That's when you're going to have problems. Um, Yeah, go on, Matt. Sorry. No, I was just going to say it's bad as well when sometimes you cut back to the game and it's underway or, yes. it's, you know, they cut back to action that's already happening. You've missed a, a couple of seconds. That can be a little bit annoying, but hopefully, you know, as we go in, on into the season, it's just going to start smoothing out. And Well, that yeah, that will be, be on the floor manager. Yeah. So we, each club will have a floor manager who's the Director. point of contact between the officials and the... Oh, right. So they'll be on like a little headset and saying, right, game's going to start in three, two, one, boom. And then you're back on and, and everything else. So that that's obviously a man position. So eventually that will, will smooth out, like you said. But I'm sure like, this is a new role for a lot of people. So it'll probably take a while to get used to it and get it get it perfect, I guess. We're a month in. We're a month into the season. It's going to gonna have a, little, a few bumps, but hopefully it'll be all right. Nearly two months Soon in. Rather. We're getting close to... Player of the month for October already. Crazy. It's not. It seems crazy. It's not that far away. Um, mm. That said, we should probably go through our uh, our BTR fives. Um, the BTR five. We're locking a player each. There's three of us on the show tonight, so we're locking three, and then we'll decide between us on the last two. Uh, Ad isn't here, so it won't be any Nick Lewis. I don't think. <laughs> As he's become accustomed to just chuck Nick Lewis's name in there. He has had a couple of good weeks, to be fair. But um, so many games to choose from. So many players that kind of had standout performances. We've had um, some epic games. Some some real beef on the court, which I've enjoyed massively. Not enjoyed it so much when the camera comes away from it, which it tends to do a little bit too much. But maybe that's not something they want to see in uh, in New England, I don't know. Although they're a hockey, they're like uh, the Bruins, so they probably like a scrap or two. Um, lock somebody in for me, Nicholson. Uh, any player from the weekend or from a, a series of results doesn't have to be from a winning team, but there have been some some very good games. You have to un uh, you have to unmute your mic, otherwise we can't hear you. <laughs> Stop eating your pizza. Yeah. That, would make, that would make sense for me to do that, wouldn't it? Travel um, pizza. Sorry, a bit hungry boy. Right, so I'm I'm going to go from a team that won, um, and this this is a great stat: sixteen minutes played, well, seventeen minutes, yeah, sixteen fifty-two, twenty-three points. Okay, 
two-point percentage of 75%, free-throw percentage of 100%, two assists, one rebound, Justin Robinson. Yeah, uh, he had a, a superb um, superb game, rolled back the years. Not that he's that old, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I agree with that 100%. Uh, Mr. Hardy, sir, do you want to lock a player in? Um, I may surprise you, and I'm not going to pick a Flyers player, although <laughs> I could easily pick a Flyers player. I'm going to go, purely because I saw him play live this week for the first time, and he's had a, a bit of a... He's a, he has had a really good week. I'm going to go um, with Ricky McGill. Um, Great shout. So, against in the win against Leicester, he was 31, scored 31 points, um, six threes, just going six ten, so shooting 60% on a 32 index. He's insane. Yeah. Pretty monster. And then seeing him uh, live and in the flesh um, at SGS. Um, where he dropped another 36. <laughs> it <was just> like, <laughs> what? Yeah, he's special. Some would say good. Ricky McGrill. Hey, oh, buddy. yeah. I've got that T-shirt somewhere. I'm wearing it when, I, when he, I'm at the barbecue. He'd be cooking. But yeah, very, very special. Um, yeah, so he's he's my pick. Yeah, that's a good. That was that was. If you two guys didn't do Ricky, I thought Nicholson <laughs> was. To be fair, I know he's. I know he's on. He lives on Ricky McGill Island. Uh, so I thought he was going to go for that one, but um, mine. I'm. I'm torn. I don't. One of them may still get in because Brad Green obviously put up massive numbers against Newcastle against uh, Taj Green. Kept Taj Green to six points. Scored nineteen of himself. Seventeen rebounds. But Tevin Ollison for me was outstanding. Um, always been a good outside shooter, but he just, I thought he was just great. Played 38, nearly 38 and a half minutes, 27 points, three rebounds, six assists. And his index was, was 29. He had a, just a really good all round game. Um, so he's my lock for that. When we need two more, who are we going to go for? I mean, Brad, Brad Green jumps off the page to me immediately, but obviously that's somebody else from Flyers, which I don't mind at all. I mean, his stats were phenomenal. Um, it's not often you get a player who has 17 rebounds in a game. But what, yeah. where do you want to go um, with this, fellas? I was going to suggest Matt Morgan for for scoring nine threes uh, in the game against Newcastle. Phenomenal. He was absolutely on fire. So he has to be, has to be in consideration at least. Um, so yeah, that's he, kind of forgot. Let's go right back. Yeah, I forgot about that. See, I would I would look yeah. at Ethan Chargos, who twenty two points, eight rebounds, four assists against my lovely Patriots. How dare he? He was very good. No, but he was extremely good. Well, should we have both of them? There's two slots. I'm happy if you're happy. All right, let's do it. So Matt Morgan, and how are we saying his surname? They say Chagua. Some people were saying Chagos. I like um, the idea I'm of just saying it like a Disney movie. Chagua. Like oh, hang on, hang on, one yeah. at a time. What was that? Nicholson with a bit of finish. Chagua. I Chagua. don't know. I, I just like Matt, it. Sounds cool. <laughs> Matt, what are we going for? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Chagua. Chagua. As well. <laughs> well, just go, just go full on Bristol and go Chargois. <laughs> I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. All right, that's our five. Um, we'll lock that in, and we'll we'll um, well, three of us now. We can pick one each to go up for the uh, 
for the vote for MVP of the week. So any one of those five guys, go on, Matt, you can go first. Throw one in. I I'm, I can't see past Ricky Miguel. Mm. He's, you know, he's scored 60 points. He's more than, <laughs> he's scored 60 points in two games. Yeah. So he's he's kind of doing what we case. expected him to do when he came in. And it's taken him a little yeah. while to get settled in, but he's knocking down the shots. Yeah, he's silly. So he's he's my guy. I'm I'm riding with Ricky. Scary stuff. I, I'm I am the mayor of Oh McGillville this week. <laughs> McGillville. <laughs> Nicholson, are you locking in? Hard to disagree with that, but I've got to lock in someone else. So I will go with Justin Robinson, purely less minutes, high efficiency, um, mm. and obviously Surrey's first win is huge for them. Well, then I'll stick with Tevin. How's that? Happy. There we are. Three Deal. players up for it. Um, MVP of the week. Of course, MVP of the week last week, which got some traction from uh, Cam um, Holden and some of his friends, I think, and various Cheshire Phoenix fans and really got some traction, some retweets, plenty of votes. And, and oh. yeah. Came away with the uh, emphatic victory, so MVP of the week. And, of course, all this lines up basically to MVP of the month. I don't think we've had... Uh, last month, obviously, we we had uh, Aaron Rye with one and a half because he, sh- he shared uh, the player of the month, a uh, player of the week one week with uh, Jordan Johnson, I think. He's got to be uh, sick of that because he got didn't he get joint MVP last season in the NBL? Yeah, he's got to be sick of the back teeth of sharing awards with people. <laughs> but he didn't have to share the Mister September. He got that on his own because he got the one and a half. We haven't had. A, I don't think we've had. I think TJ Atwood got it one week for us so far this month, and obviously we we we've got Cam Holden this week, and next week it will be someone different. So we'll have to work out maybe another poll to find out who the. Uh, be the player of the month of October will be plenty of time left for that. Um, but before that, let's move on to green of the week. Uh, big drum roll, not needed. I think it's, I think we've already talked about his stats and yeah, insane 19.17 rebounds. I don't think we can look part. I mean, even oh, I should have checked. I did have it up there earlier. The, his performance, um, obviously he got ejected against Leicester. Yeah. Which itself for me is fantastic. I really enjoyed that. It was, it was probably <laughs> the best where there's the best worst closeout I've seen in my life. It was it was a it was a, that was a hockey body drop. <laughs> yeah. But uh what they what was it, Randy Macho Man Randy Savage, the flying out one the big splash. It was like a big splash off the top. <laughs> I was gonna look up his stats for that game. Pointless, he scored one three. Yeah, and he got and, and he got, got a rebound. Minute. Yeah, he went one for five from the floor. He has struggled after going 2-0 up in the green of the week. He is now 4-2 down, because I'm assuming we're all going Brad Green, yeah? Uh, yeah, it's an absolute yeah. whitewash. I will say, though, in, so this is obviously the second green derby, because mm. obviously the, the Flyers are played, um, mm. and the, the stats were reversed uh, in from the last game. So Brad Green Ooh. dropped 19 uh, in this game, and Taj Green scored six. Uh, earlier in the season, Taj Green scored 19 and Brad, but held Brad Green to six. So it's so well, there you go. But yeah, Brad Green, um, 32 efficiency, 
in 34 minutes. And then, yeah, Taj Green, 6.7 rebounds. No assists, no blocks for a five efficiency in 35 minutes. He's struggling. I think maybe he, needs, he, maybe he feels like there should be a new VT as well. Maybe he's sick of that. Maybe. He should have bought more shoes. But yeah, obviously I will, you know, obviously I am a diehard Flyers fan, but he, he obviously his head wasn't in the right place. Um, but yeah. And Corey Samuels uh, got in his uh, got in his head. I, will I, say mean, that I well. am really enjoying Corey Samuels this season. Really enjoying Corey Love Samuels. It. That's my guy. You, That's my guy. Yeah. I was poo-pooed on this very show by, uh, actually, I don't know if he's, he might try and join at some point, Grant uh, Grant Young, bless him, when I tried to suggest that Corey Samuels was better than Bradley Caboza. And I stand by it. I think he is. And at the moment, I don't think it's close. Corey's, Corey's, Corey Corey's shot my guy. 60% I... from three against Newcastle over the weekend. He can do it. Me, he, Corey. What mechanics are oh, questionable. He's, 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 <laughs> what's his name, isn't it? Um, Lonzo Ball Lonzo. style shot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> me, 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 Corey, and LVC were having a great chat after um, the Bristol Patriots game. Um, yeah, was, uh, and believe it or not, for how much those guys go at each other, they really get on with each other. Of course, they do. They appreciate but each other. It's, yeah. it's a strange dynamic, but um, yeah, no, I had a great chat with Corey. Um, obviously, I've said it before. I, I worked with him when he was like thirteen years old, so you can probably blame me for his shot. Um, <laughs> no but uh he's just a good kid um i always see him as a kid now because obviously i know him so young but yeah he's he's really coming on and he's he's doing himself proud yeah he's beloved in in flyers land as well so he should be yeah can't not love him uh big fan i think uh he brings so much to the table and he's so stacked this year as well he looks like a he looks like he's gone from middleweight to cruiseweight like he's <laughs> he's a big dude um which obviously plays pays dividends when he's when he's you know the standard of defense he plays have a bit of size and a strength he can shove back now as well it's it's pretty good right. and i look forward to seeing that that guy progress um that's weird, isn't it? We're we're it's kind of agreement across the board. I think it, it is um Corey Samuels over Caboza, potentially. Yeah, hundred percent. I won't really, I won't dig too deep into it, but I'll take it. Well the only thing that uh, Caboza the situation Caboza's in is probably one of the best situations you can be in as a young basketball player with that level of talent around you. The stuff yeah. you can learn, pick up and and get just from just from training with those guys is going to be invaluable. Um, at the same time, the Flyers rosters are, it is no slouch, are no slouches, plural, whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we've covered uh, everything we need to cover specifically. How, just before we move on, how did you, uh, how did you guys take the, uh, the feistiness that went on? Cause there were some people that thought that, um, this is obviously I'm talking about Leicester Newcastle uh, and Brad Green. Uh, obviously, one, Will Neighbour went as well. Some people in the arena didn't even realise he'd he'd been teed up enough to be ejected. I wasn't entirely sure what happened with him because I st- I didn't start watching until a little bit later on. Um, and then obviously the uh, and he said Brad Green then Taj Green uh, and uh, Caleb Asbury. It, some people saying that Asbury shouldn't have been on the court at the end either 
I mean, he wasn't because he got fouled out, but he should have received yeah. a second tech for the way he reacted when he jumped off the floor and was held back by several players. Where, where do we stand on that, Nicholson, my man? I had that conversation with you many a times. I've seen various mm. people over the years held back, um, including Marcus Evans. Yeah, Marcus Evans in the in the Plymouth Bristol scuffle. He uh, lost Rob, his shit, didn't he? Rob Paternostro, um, same season um, when Patriots played Leicester, who got held back. Rob uh, Panto Nostro. Yeah, that, mm. thank you. I thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, I've seen. To be- play the villain. Yeah, I, if I'm right in saying, like, you go. To, I know it's not the NBA. We talk about this all the time. Is it you not go to the NBA? If you if you go towards someone in a threatening manner, it's it's a technical or an ejection. Mm. Um, and I don't I don't know what the rules are as such here. If there's anything which is a similar way, um, I presume not because if there, if there was, a lot of people are getting it wrong. <laughs> Well, you hear the word intent, not banging around, don't you? Whether well, that's a big... Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's quite... Jumping off the ground and yeah. running at someone is normally intent. It's quite vague, though, isn't it? It's quite ambiguous. Yeah, you know. very much so. I I believe for it to get to that point, the refs probably got it wrong, and they, they probably let it get out of hand, and, and, and that's why it's got to that point. Um, possibly, because, yeah. I don't know. I didn't see all the Will stuff. Will Will was definitely not as erratic as as others. No. What was it he did? Did he turn with an elbow or something? Yeah, he had one technical, and then he swung an elbow. You know, and I've seen Will post up. He's he he plays with his elbows out. You know, in he's, he's a big a dude. Big dude. He's, yeah. he's gonna hit someone in the face if he, if he turns and you're not there. Mm. Um, you, you know, I don't know. I just think that. Yeah, the the intent thing is interesting. Is is how many times do people have to get held back before the league make a decision to say actually you can't do that stuff anymore? Because yeah, yeah, the intent is still there. It's just you're lucky your teammate grabbed you. Yeah. Because actually, what would you have done if your teammate didn't grab you? Oh, I'd love. That's what I really want to see. I want to actually see no him. one no one grab him and let's just see what happens. I want to see him let him go and then they run face to face and go. Yeah, don't do that again, and then walk away. It's like that kid at school, it'd be like, you know, when when Rob got held back, um, yeah, and then game. he was pushing people actually, in between. Actually, where was he going to go? <laughs> he takes one step on and realizes he's not getting held back, and he's like, "All right, cool, I was only joking, boys." <laughs> I but, think yeah. I blame I blame um, Newcastle Eagles play caller Mark Stoodle myself because I think there was a, that flare up before um, with. Taj and Caleb hmm. and I think it was like that subsequent closeout where it was the flying elbow had I think Taj's head had already gone at that point so I think he should have been sat down and subbed out and that would have just completely written off like it just wouldn't have happened the situation. absolutely yeah so had Newcastle Eagles play call the Mark Sewell um Read the situation a little bit better. Are you not happy calling him coach, by the way? Is he not? Does he not reach that? I've just seen every Eagles press release I've read this season starts with Newcastle Eagles play calling Mark. Does it? I've not noticed that. It really does not. And I don't know why it makes me laugh, but it does every single time because it's always in there. Um, But anyway, yeah, it's um, yeah. Had he sort yeah, because it felt I I was chatting to Elliot 
from Hooper and Luton at the Flyers game. Um, and he said the same thing, where it's just like it just shouldn't. He should have been sat down yeah. after the first kind of tussle, um, but he didn't. And this is where we are. So there always was a kind of unwritten rule, one of the, one of the many in basketball, where in an event like that, you would sit the two culprits to avoid a yeah. tech. And obviously, that was that was probably back in the days when referees would converse a little bit more with coaches and players and and just be like sitting down or he's going sort of thing so they you know they would it would completely diffuse the situation yeah put Um, on a naughty step but how do in some areas of uh, of basketball that would warrant a ban do we do we have that sure i know it was in like kind of flyers fan groups it was just like obviously the the comparison with football is if you get sent off you got to miss the next game and all this kind of stuff and i'm glad that that, that's not the case in basketball Hmm. um because i think it was probably just an emotional flare-up what was sort of in the it wasn't i don't think there was anything like so so malicious that it warranted a sort of game suspension or anything well you say Um, that you say that because taj went in deliberately by he went in deliberately to knock that guy down right so he had he didn't go in there going i'll try and tickle him on his chin like he went there going i'm gonna smack the crap out of this guy yeah true it was funny he's gone soft (laughs) i mean it's not funny but it was funny no, no, yeah, and when, when someone dangerous up, is what yeah, it was. When, when yeah. someone jumps up to run at someone, they don't get up to they don't jump up to run at them to give them a little handshake on a pat on the back. They go up there to True. freaking get their face, don't they? So I I think I think there should be more. I think there should be a, a kind of a clampdown on this sort of thing because mm-hmm. we, any... we've seen people get technicals for hardly anything. Well, that's what I was going to say. The only problem is if you if you in, if you enforce that rule then you probably would have to specify what kind of... Because you can get a tech for holding the ball after you've scored. Like if, if you... And even accidentally... Exactly. Sometimes. Right, exactly. If you, get, uh, if you get two techs for that and have to miss the next game, that is harsh. <laughs> you, you could get... Right, you you could get a tech for holding the ball once. No, hold the ball once you get your warning. And then maybe you jump up and make too much noise or go, <laughs> oh my God, that was a travel. And you're out of the game. Yeah. You can jump into someone with your elbow. Nah, just tech, mate. You're right. <laughs> crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? You know what I mean? It, yeah. the, you would have to put rules in place for sure. Definitely. All right, fellas. Let's. Uh, I don't think we've got anything else to talk about, have we, in terms of uh, what's happened this week and games and whatnot? Anybody got anything to add? I, not I really. Do not. Paul, Paul no? touched on it, but yeah, big, big shout to... To sorry to get in their first dub of the season. That yeah. was a cool thing for me. But yeah, I've done that now, so they can carry on. Well, let's, uh, yeah. in fact, take it. I mean, in terms of the, the the standard BBL league, I don't know what you'd call it, really. I, well, I don't know what I'd call it. Obviously, the <laughs> obviously the, the BBL league, not the PTL league. In, the, in terms of that, the Lions are just kind of running away with it, and it's everybody else in the chasing pack. However, uh, let me uh, just share with you, those of you that are watching this on video, which you can do uh, if you uh, are part of our Patreon or uh, Spotify subscriber. Thank you for doing that, if you are. Uh, there we are. There it is in all its glory. The uh, the BTR Championship, which, of course, uh, I managed to um, balls up earlier and uh, was thanks very much to, I forget who it was now, was it Coach Rob? Not Paternostro. 
somebody mm. from the Discord highlighted the fact that I hadn't uh, amended it further down the table. But it is, it's certainly heating up. Cheshire Phoenix, Bristol Flyers, both on six wins apiece. And they play each other this weekend. It, whoever wins it stands aloft at the top of the BTR Championship and on their own. And that would be one of the first times this season that that has happened. It's that tight at the top. And at the bottom, uh, the bottom two play off against each other as well. Surrey Scorchers, Plymouth City Patriots play on Sunday. So there's, there's kind of two game of the weeks, if you like. But the way things are unfolding, Gladiators are kind of in the driving seat. You probably want points on the board, if you like. But they've got a couple of games in hand and a chance to get up the top end. The only worry for them is what we said before. The only real challenge they've had domestically so far was uh, the Sharks. And of course, they're one apiece. Uh, in that sense. So you'd expect maybe them to pick up. They've got a hell of a schedule coming up. I think, I forget how many games Grant said it was now. Is it 11 games in November? And and like mm. three or, there's a bunch to finish October as well. They've got a couple of European yeah. games. It's mad really when you look at it because you, obviously we're on eight games. Sheffield, mm. Bristol, eight games. You've got teams on five, two, te- yeah, two teams on five games, team on six games, Caledonia had ten days off, <laughs> but it was they didn't have any. <laughs> but they didn't have any European fixtures. I would it would have made sense to me for them to have ten domestic games off if they had a European game in the middle of that, or at least towards one end of it. Just to, but they had ten days off with no games whatsoever. Obviously, they did have that that amazing win in Europe, but then they have they've got so many games to catch up on. I believe it's always like that with them. Sorry, it's. Tricky with Surrey because they played London, uh, I think, a couple of times. Gladiators have also they've played London once. So that will level out when the rest of the, the league have to play London. But that's how it looks. Cheshire Phoenix currently top. I don't think anybody called that at the beginning of the season. Um, but there they are. Flyers up there as well. So that's the BTR Championship. It's exciting. It's uh, It gets less and less traction every, uh, every week we tweet it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep doing it. I'm going to get the trophy with the, little, with the little golf ball on top because it looks like the golf ball in the middle of the BBL logo when they put the little dots on it. <laughs> Just to add a bit more spice to oh, the on. Cheshire game, I believe, and I haven't fact-checked this, but I think if... So, obviously, Bristol have won five on the bounce. Okay. If they win against Cheshire, they will equal their longest ever win streak, I believe. I'll have to fact-check that, but um, there was a bit of chat about that Yes, so a lot to play for. Not only the BTR Championship, but the uh, some some history as well. Some what's records a, in the what, making. What's a win streak? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I love it. Hey, Pat to be on a two-game win streak after uh, after the weekend. Yes, you yes. here first. Hopefully, um, hopefully Spencer Levi is cleared to play. Hopefully, yes. New, new fresh blood. He's saw him in trainers today. He arrived. I think he arrived yesterday. Um, he's good, big old boy. The yeah. big old boy. He's got some good rebounding records. Good mm. rebounding stats. Something that Pat's need some uh, some big guys in the paint there to clean up. Anyway, well, talking of that, um, it may be too early to include him in this, but let's go through each BBL team. Identify first of all or select their dynamic duo. And then when we've done that, we will place them uh, 
one to ten or ten to one, whichever way around you want to do it. Uh, and then we'll poll that and see what people think. But uh, let's do, we'll do it alphabetical order. Uh, and it's one of the tougher ones for me. Bristol Flyers obviously starting things off. It's one of the tougher oh, ones oh, because. Bristol. Sorry. I, you know what? I clicked on the wrong. You said alphabetical order, so I went with the B Braun Sheffield Sharks. No, then no one calls them that. They call themselves <laughs> that. Do you think they did that for the exact purposes of going to the top of the list? In the Aaron A Aronson Sheffield Sharks, who <laughs> would be top of the league at least once a year. Oh my god! Let's make a graphic for that. Aaron A Aronson Sheffield Sharks. That's brilliant. Uh, big fan of that. But yeah, Bristol Flyers, and it's 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 difficult for me because they are such a good team. Um, obviously, VJ King was the the outstanding player last season. Roel Garan Bell gives you a bit of stability, uh, it off the bench or not off the bench. I'm a big fan of him and and his particular addition to that team. But I. <laughs> I don't know. Where do you? I mean, you're the man, Mr. Hardy. Where are we going with this? Sorry, you can't there a bit, perhaps. Uh, uh, apologies. It's because I've got a couple of windows on the go. Uh, not cleaner. And just, you know. Now, where, where are we going with this for Bristol? Brad, I think Brad Green leads the uh, their team in efficiency. But it's where mm. you want to go with it. So he does. I've gone. So I'm what I, so for a couple of teams. I've gone. What would make the best two man team? And yeah. others, I've just gone the two best players. So for this one, I think is probably a bit of both. I've gone Brad Green with Tevin Ollison. Good shout. Because you got you got the big guy down in the paint, the immovable object, the ir- irresistible force that is Brad Green. And you've also got Tevin Ollison, who you know is we we've, we've spoken about him at length already today about like the kind of scorer he is. Um, but yeah, I could also ro- ro- watching Roel. I'm so happy that man is at Flyers. I know you guys know a lot about him um, from his time um, down the Patriots and, and stuff. But yeah, so it is quite. But then Kedrian Johnson has also been very good. T.J. John Lucas has been very good. But I'm I'm going with Tevin. Tevin and Brad Green. What a twosome that is going to take some beating. Yeah, I agree with that. They'd, like you say, Roel would be the only player I'd. Would, would well not the only player, but one of the one of the high end players that would challenge. The, in terms of efficiency, he's played less games, but he's only what four or five spaces below Tevin Ollison, um, which is I mean that's not bad going. Uh, Nicholson, happy with that for the Flyers pairing? Yeah, um, just for a, I'm for a little spanner in the works because oh. I I like this is like a NBA Jam team really, isn't well, it? Well, like not really. It's similar. BBL, BBL Jam, isn't it? Like two man game, right? I think take stats out of this, put Leslie Smith and Roel Graham Bell together. That is a unit right there. <laughs> like they, they there's not many buildings they could walk into side by side, right? Because like the, the shoulder width between one and the other is unbelievable. Oh, dear. They can both shoot a free ball, they can both dribble the basketball. Hmm. They, like you don't want to be posted up by either of them. And and you don't want any of them running at you, right? Leslie Smith and Roel Graham Bell, I would go. But you know, I know you're not going to choose that, so I just thought I'd throw well, that on it. It's not. This is testament to just how good of a team this Flyers 
team is. It reminds me of Leicester Riders teams kind of of old that don't really have an outstanding player per se. They mm. have they have a fully functional team that can plug and play with various different units and players and makes it very difficult for them. Um, but seeing as it's not BBL Jam, we might we might do that in All-Star Weekend, actually, to be fair, a BBL Jam one, because that's more about flair and whatnot. Mm. This is literally the uh, a uh, a killer duo. I think Ollison, Tevin, Tevin Ollison and, and Brad Green are the two. We'll put those in. And we'll move on to Caledonia Gladiators. Uh, oh, I mean, it's a, Nicholson, my man. That's another team that, again, is is it's had its ups and downs. There's been players stepping up for that team. Um, yeah. players that have played better in Europe for that team. I don't know where we where are we going with this, my man. You, you've got to go Whelan, regardless. Whelan's just yeah. been solid at, in Europe and in the league. Yeah, and, was... and in podcasting as well. Phenomenal. Yes, he has. Yes, um, so I, I would put him in there, and then I'm I'm torn between uh, Dubois. <laughs> yeah, he's been. I like good. to say with Twang. Um, yeah, no, nah, Dubois sounds better, doesn't it? It's like Sorry, uh, there's no eye in it, but yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no. potato, potato, <laughs> um, and, and, and <laughs> Lucas uh, Palazzo. Oh man, that's yeah. They they're all good players. I, I'm thinking I'm going Palaza and Whelan. Just looking, Dubois is right up there in terms of points per game. Um, it's difficult with the efficiency because they've only got total efficiency. They've got average on the website. So I should, probably should have done a little bit more homework before starting this. Matt, which which two are you going for for this? I think. Do you agree? Whelan's a lock. No, I don't. What, I think. What? I think what? the lock. I think the lock is Ian Debose. So okay. it's leading leading in um, points and assists uh, for the team. And turnovers. Um, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and steals. Um, but um, yeah, I, I'm kind of fr- I, it's a three way tie for me between um, Whelan, Palaza, uh, an honorable mention for Farrell Ali Hodzic just on that kind of two man game mm. sort of um, thing we, we sort of discussed with with that Flyers pairing. Um, but yeah, I think the lock for me is DeBose. Um, and yeah, I think it's out of the three of them, I don't think there's a wrong answer. Um, it would be down to whatever you. I just don't think it's as, as clear cut as, as the Flyers have been. Well, it's down to me. So I agree with both you of you. the power. I agree with both of you. I agree with Nicholson that I think Whelan's a lock. And I agree with Matt that I think Dubose is a lock. So they're the two, I think. Love that's that. that's the dynamic duo from the Gladiators. Cheshire Phoenix. And I'm happy to include injured players, if you like, because for, for me, Aaron Rye has just been a revelation. And it'd be very difficult to leave him out, regardless of how long he may be out for. He he looks he looks well and good on the sidelines. So hopefully we'll see him back in action soon. But he's had too good of a start not not to be one of their dynamic duo. And then maybe Macy Jack, potentially the other one. Although they've had their guys have stepped up of late. Um, our man that we talked about earlier. Are we saying that surname again? Chagua. Chagua. Jaguar, um, Rideau as well. Jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> Jaguar. 
LeQuincy, Rideau as well, stepped up in a couple of games, had had really good games since Aaron Rye's been down, but I think it might be Maceo Jack and Aaron Rye. What do we think? Um, yeah, I can't. It's hard to disagree with that, if I'm honest with you, mate. I think I think that's a good shout. Um, he, Yeah, Rye is everything that we thought he was going to be, and, and, yeah. and Jack has improved so much that he's, he's really kind of on the top of everyone's scouting report. That's the Cheshire Phoenix pair then, sorted. Uh, wow, who's next alphabetically? This is this looks bad, doesn't it? Is it Leicester? Leicester? Bloody oh, hell, it skips all the way down to Leicester. There used to be some in between there, uh, Glasgow, I suppose it was, wasn't it? Previously, but not anymore. Um, Doncaster as well. Anyway, <laughs> Leicester Riders. This as well, I found. Fairly difficult. Although having watched yeah. at the weekend, um, a couple of their guys stand out. Holmes maybe one who looks good, uh, and um, I'm thinking Jalen Pipkins, but obviously that's Sharks. But it's a similar name. Uh, Nicholson, talk to me. Um, I always find it really difficult to anything Leicester to not pick Kimball McKenzie. Uh, yeah, well, that's one guy. Yeah. You know, he's averaging 12.4 a game at the minute um, off the bench, isn't he? Um, and it, it's hard not to add him into it because he can be so dangerous. Um, but I've been really impressed with Pinson. Pinson, that was it. Not yeah, yeah, that's the guy I was thinking of. But he, yeah, it's, yeah you look at Holmes, um, you know, he's averaging 13 a game and, and, and Kimball's second averaging 12 a game. Pinson's down there, he's 11.9. Um, and he's getting more turnovers, but he is playing more minutes. Um, but he's, you know, and Mackenzie's actually 4.7 assists where, where Pinson's 4.9. So I think, I think for me, uh, it would be Holmes and Mackenzie. Holmes and Mackenzie for you, Matt, where are you going with this? Um, I think obviously. I, I haven't watched a ton of Leicester games um, mm. this season. Um, obviously, because they are in this kind of, not rebuild, but it's obviously because it's quite, it, it's quite rare in the BBL that they have had such continuation and such continuity and such yeah. a, a kind of solid squad for such a long, long time. But where they are now coming off the back of that, it feels like there's just, no one's really bubbled to the top as like the new guy. Mm. Um, so it, there's a lot of people that are there or that thereabouts. You mentioned sort of Jaron Holmes, Kimball McKenzie, um, Thomas has been good, uh, Pinson's been good, Braylon Bridges has sort of been there or thereabouts as well. Um, I, I've gone Kimball McKenzie, and I still think Mo Walker is oh, wow. going to be obviously, he's had a terrible start to the season because he's coming back. You know, he's, he's not averaged, you know, he's he, the most he's played is 10 minutes a game. So he's had like six minutes here, five there, two there. I, to be, I don't know if this is controversial or not. I don't know if Kimber McKenzie, and this is a favourite thing of mine, plays enough minutes. Oh, my gee, I guess he plays a lot of crunch minutes to kind of be a a, a member of that elite sort of duo 
Because when you think think to the players we've mentioned already, they they both are up there in terms of minutes played for their um, team. It's difficult to have a dynamic dynamic duo if one of them's kind of not on the court. So it's tough. This one, it's not easy because he's he's integral to that team. I get it. I'm just stalling a little bit because I'm just trying to see five in minute. Top five in minutes for this team so far. He's averaging 23.4 minutes a game. Okay. So Thomas, for example, plays more minutes, but obviously doesn't have the same. In, well, 12 and a half points per game. Myron Thomas. I'll... I'll uh, what, were your, what were your shouts, Nicholson? Mackenzie and Holmes. So I think we're settled for Mackenzie. And if I'm honest, I mean, I, lo- I love Mo Walker, big fan of Mo Walker, but he's he's yet to. I feel like he's still on like restricted minutes from his injury, so I'm happy to go with Holmes on that one. So Mackenzie and Holmes are the duo for Leicester. Not sure how that will help him out as we uh, move forward. London Lions. I thought this was quite difficult as well. I think would we all agree that Matt Morgan. Is one half of the duo at least? Yes, one hundred percent. Absolutely, he's been a revelation. Um, yeah, a phenomenal talent there. Um, but where are we going for the other one? Because obviously, Gabe Olaseni has been highly regarded coming into this team. Hasn't necessarily had to to do it week in week out. Josh Sharma's been there as well. Tariq Phillip looks great coming back. I think Luke Nelson has been. Domestically brilliant. I think he got a couple of game MVP shouts uh, on the broadcast feed. Where are we going with this, fellas? See, I, I've always been big on Luke Nelson, and I think he's playing even better again this season. Um, you know, you, you could you could quite easily go Morgan and Morgan. Yeah. Um, and you just go, that's a you know, bailout because they're both averaging the most points. But I feel Luke Nelson is is only going to get better this season, and he's going to cause so many matchup problems in the BBL. So you're going Nelson, Matt, my man. Uh, I've gone Matt Morgan, and I've gone with Gabe Olaseni as well. Um, Honorable mention for Tariq Phillip as well, who's mm. been fantastic. Um, but yeah, just as just as a one-two punch, uh, Gabe and Morgan, I think is pretty pretty irresistible. As a force, I got to say, Matt, I'm I'm with you. I, I did go Gabe in the end after looking through all the all the stats and paraphernalia. He's played two more games, Gabe. His his efficiency is right up there. Matt Morgan obviously has missed two games, but that is such a again, it's a, such a good squad. And with the exception of Matt Morgan, it's a real kind of share of the points and and the minutes and the team kind of ethos. And then obviously Matt Morgan knocks down 30 points. So <laughs> he's kind of head and shoulders on that in terms of that duo. That's going to be a tough duo to knock off the top spot, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. I imagine we're going to probably have them high in the 10. Um, Manchester Giants, I think, is next. That's not an easy one either. I can see you both uh, puffing your cheeks out of that one. Uh, but I think there is one easy addition locked in, and that's Jamel Anderson. Correct. 40 yeah, minutes a be... game. 
Yeah, the Iron Man. So yeah, not yeah. He's just. This is 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 this prime Jamel? Is has he been better than he is has has been at the beginning of this season? Do you think? I don't think he's ever been asked to do so much. Like he's he is yeah. everywhere. Like, those years he was in Leicester, we knew he was capable. Every now and again, he'd come down the lane and just stuff it on somebody. He could jack mm. up threes. He didn't have a problem with that. But they always had kind of an offensive player. So they didn't really call on Jamal that much. He would end up guarding one through five, their yeah. best player, and take him out of the game. But since moving around and, and having – he had a great season at Cheshire, but this season he is the man at Manchester. Mm. And I don't think he's had yeah. that role specifically in isolation. Maybe when William Lee comes back, it'll be a bit different. But he's he's been incredible. But who's going yeah. with him? Who's who's the who's the guy we're sending up with him? Nick Lewis is one of the closest statistically. Um, but where do you want to go, Nicholson? See, I, I was going to say it. I just because of recent games, Nick Lewis has been superb. He's like kind of back to his kind of bad self. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. just causing problems, um, and I, I find it very difficult to see someone consistently outside of him, even in the loss to Surrey. Like he was a spark that that kept him in it for a while and made you still think that Manchester had a chance. Absolutely. Uh, any uh, any rise on that? Any addition to that you want to throw in, Matt? Uh, yeah, it's pro- I think it's, it's between Nick Lewis and Legend for me. Um, can you tell I like a big man? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Legends only played four games, uh, unfortunately. Um, so I'm I'm leaning towards Nick Lewis as well. I don't think uh, honourable mention for Evan Walsh. I think he's looked good since kind of moving over. Um, but yeah, not, he hasn't done enough to kind of um, knock Nick Lewis off that kind of um, second fiddle to Jamel on this Giants team for me. Right, let's lock that in then. A British pairing. Which you'd like ah. to see. Newcastle Eagles, which at the start of the season I would have said uh, um. well, who have I missed out? <laughs> who have I missed out? Us. L M N O P. No, I think it's Newcastle next. Uh, do you know why do you know why I've said that? <laughs> don't know. Because you don't know the no. alphabet. No, because <laughs> on the BBL website, in order, it's got Patriots before Newcastle. That's it? Yeah. The Sirios group, Newcastle Eagles. Ah, oh, uh, the Sirios group, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's still an S. That's way behind. Or a T. Yeah. That's behind as well. That's, that's a stitch-up, that is. They've, they've that's more, more conspiracy for Pats fans that they're just the, the forgotten cousins of the <laughs> Not rest Not even of- in the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle Eagles next up, which uh, which I was going to say at the start of the season, you would it would be Taj Green and somebody, but I think out of the three guards, it's really hard not to pick. Obviously, well, I, I mean, you guys will either back me up or not. Ricky McGill and Jordan Johnson, I'm struggling to see beyond those two. I don't know what you guys have got. Yeah, so can't, can't, can't disagree with McGill. Um, and Johnson, Johnson um, likewise, he's just been... Nothing. Well, actually, no, he's been everything that we expected, really, hasn't he? Let's yeah. be honest. He has been everything that we expected. Ramon 2.0, especially in that uh, Black Eagles jersey. The way, he, the way he gets himself open, 
scoop layups. It's all there. It's all there. Are you going with that as well, Matt? Yeah, I had yeah JJ and McGill um, for for me seeing him doing what he does at six foot in shoes yeah. is just it's just a sight to behold. He is he, such I bet a he's baller. Not six foot. No, I don't no, know what Ricky McGill's what listed at, but he ain't tall either. I'm taller than Ricky no. McGill, and I think he's listed at six six one, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But, um, yeah, so. You know, I almost put Malcolm Delpesh in there for old time's sake. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's quite. Behave yourself. There's quite clearly two, um, two, two, uh, two absolute leaders in that team: uh, Jordan Johnson and Ricky McGill. Okay, good stuff. Now it's the Pats. Hey, here we are. Bring it on! If I'm honest, I'm I'm thinking TJ Atwood and anybody else. I don't know who else you'd put in. Where you, are we you going? Could... The two TJs. You you could either go TJ Atwood and TJ Johnson, or you could go TJ Atwood and Mason Faulkner. I do um, like Mason, but Taylor Johnson's been phenomenal. He has. I will still give a, a nice honourable mention for Jacob Wiley. Yeah. He's been playing extraordinarily well. Um yeah. but yeah, you, you you could go Mason and TJ or you could go TJ and TJ. What do what do you reckon, Matt? I've gone the two TJs for me. Yeah. Um, quite clearly, I think your two guys, quite clearly is a bit strong. It's definitely TJ Atwood is is nailed on. Um, and I don't know if it's because, you know, we all know that um, Johnson's made that step up from NBL and it just makes it feel like it's even more impressive what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that's, that's just my hang up, and I, you know, I shouldn't be thinking that way, but it, it just does. So he's, he's been incredibly, um, incredibly impressive for me uh, in this step up. So I've gone TJ and TJ. Yeah, I think, especially when you look at the game over the weekend with the Pats, and he was the only player to score in the last five and a half minutes, except for a layup from Mason Faulkner. And if, you'd have, if we'd have done this list two or three games in, I probably would have gone Mason Faulkner and TJ Atwood. But Taylor Johnson's, he's just, there's something about him. And obviously, that was well regarded and well recognized in the NBL. And he's, I, th- I feel like he's still finding his feet and we're going to get, you know, his best games yet to come. But even so, at this stage, he, he just has some serious ability in and around the basket. So I think we're, yeah, we'll go TJ and TJ. Um, and move on to Sheffield Sharks next. I'm surprising myself with my own knowledge of the alphabet. Um, <laughs> well, I've just thrown it, I've just confused you overnight by mixing it up a minute ago. <laughs> well, Pipkins is a name I'm going to throw out there immediately. Um, he's high up. I think he's high up points per game and on efficiency as well. Um, but to be fair, there's, there, it's that kind of team again where various <sighs> people are stepping up at different times and, and they're getting some good output from from players. Uh, Nicholson, let's go you first. Do you agree, Pipkins? Yeah, Pipkins, yes, uh, 100%. And then I would probably go, oof, see, either Ramsey or or a bit of Kipper. Was that Nate Montgomery? Yeah, oh, Kipper, Ma- Kipper. <laughs> yeah, Ma- not Ma- Montgomery and Cook, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bennett Cook's, uh, Due a, 
a yeah, uh, you yeah, do a, like a big game. Don't say that now. We got we got to play him tomorrow because that's um, how he rolls, isn't it? Let's be fair. But yeah, Kip, so, Kipper, and, Kipper and Pipkins. I I don't think you can go wrong with Kipper and Pipkins. Any advance on that, Matt? Any Ramsey's? No, I've got the same. The best duo name in the league, Pip and Kip. Um, <laughs> so that's awesome. Uh, honorable mention for Deville Ramsey. Um, but yeah, I think just on again, like I know they get a bit of stick for being uh, not the most glamorous of teams. Um, but yeah, just judging on kind of that what I can see from from the box score and stuff like that, and and knowing that they are the kind of the 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 point of emphasis on these teams. Um, I'm yeah, I'm saying Jalen Pipkins and Kipper Nichols. Have they not shirked that label yet? It was the beginning of last season where they didn't they didn't have all their pieces in and they played it felt like mm. half a season just parking the bus in front of the basket and then suddenly Ramsey came in and everything looked different and they, they suddenly started pinging the ball around and looking like a good basketball team. And I've enjoyed watching them this year. I don't know if Nicholson Nicholson, have they got rid of that label yet? That tag? I they have, yes. I just find it fun to wind them up. <laughs> um <laughs> But you know, Jim Higgins did have the um the highlight of the of the week for oh, me. What's that, a dunk. that dunk from that inbound play was special. He was Obviously flying straight off straight off the training pitch. Um, but yeah, very, very decent. Straight off the what? The training pitch. The training ground. <laughs> he was <laughs> practically looking down in the hoop when he chucked it in. You know what I meant. You know what I meant. Phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal play. Last but by no means least, Surrey Scorchers. Well, or literally least. No, not least. Last, <laughs> literally last. Well, both ways. Yeah. Whatever. Sorry, sorry, fans. By that I mean Josh Bet. Um, where are we going with this one? Because uh, I know there's a lot of sort of favourites in amongst that team. Paddy Wang being one of them, but I'm not sure he's he's yeah, done enough to be. In the duo, Justin Robinson's been phenomenal. He's obviously suffered a bit of a knock in one of the games. Where do you want to go with this? Uh, Mr. Hardy, let's go with you first. Obviously, the, the streets love um, Nate Montgomery. And so it'd be a good thing to have a little uh, <laughs> a little um, shot for him here. But, um, oh, sorry, I'm still on the Sharks. Sorry, <laughs> I, I was... Give Nate you know everything. What? I'm going to give you that because I myself often get confused <laughs> with the shots and the scorchers. The kit's very similar. The players' names yeah. are very yeah. Yeah, I mean, what what's <clears throat> a bit of a shame about the the scorchers is that arguably their best two players in Justin Robinson and Andrew Lawrence are mm. 33 and 36, <laughs> which doesn't bode well. And then you've also got Teo, who's 36. It feels like they need an injection of of something, and that's where you look at Paddy at Wang and being like, he's the guy. Josh Steele as well, both Josh in their twenties, phenomenal over the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? Yeah, so it's tricky. I think you can't look past Andrew Lawrence. I think he's definitely in there. But just going back to my my love of of big lads, um, I'm I'm putting Saquon Jameson in there as well. Jameson's been very good as well. Um, yeah, just cleaning up the boards. Which you love to see, um, efficient guy. So yeah, that's those are my two, Lawrence and Jameson. Have their minutes been shared around? Because he likes a bit of rotation, doesn't he, Lloyd Gardner? I feel like their their minutes have been shared around massively. Yeah, only 
three of their players are averaging more than 20 minutes a game. So that's Paddy at Wang's 21, Cam Gooden 24, and Justin Robinson 23. Everyone else is is sub 20 minutes. Or Saquon at 24 as well. But um, yeah, everyone else is sub 20 minutes. I feel like um, Cam Holden is. I don't know if he's a bit, a little bit more consistent. Like he, he's our player of the week last week, and I think week one he was in our BTL five as well. And he's he comes and goes on that team, and I don't know. Nicholson Elpers, where are we going? They're they're dynamic duo. It's tricky. See, they're uh, they're Jordan yeah. and Pippin. They're Stockton Malone. Who we got? I think British basketball fans have been waiting a long time to see Lawrence and Robinson on the court at the same time, let them be on the same team. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of having those two, especially they're both on 11 points a game. Um, Lawrence is nearly four, four assists a game. Um, you know, steals, Lawrence is one a game. Statistically, it makes sense. Um, I am liking Cam Gooden, though. I think he's he's a real good player, but... I still think we yet to see the best of him. Uh, Jameson, damn, yeah, 11 rebounds a game. He's he's great at rebounding. I'm kind of stumped on the rest of it from him, if I'm honest. So He's the Andre Drummond of the BBL. Yeah, I'm just going to go Robinson and Lawrence. I think that the British duo will take it for me. I'm happy with that. I'll uh, as a somewhat casting vote. I'm happy with that. We'll we'll go with that. Um, oh dear, I've, there's a message that's just come in to our WhatsApp group chat. Um, I won't say who it's from because I don't want to throw him under the bus. But it's in reference to the Lions game, which it looks like they possibly may have lost. I've not been keeping up to date with it. It simply says Decker didn't lose it for them at the end. Decker lost the game for them when he allowed Sai to get four straight points on that seven zero run. Okay, there you go. That's. I think uh, it looks like he he got a buzzer beater to take it to overtime. Ooh! My quick there look at Twitter says he's Sam Decker's very much for me becoming the Ringo star of the London Lions. <laughs> Ringo Starr, I'll explain. Ringo Starr was once asked if he was the best drummer in the world and Paul McCartney jumped in and said he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) And that analogy for me works perfectly with the London Lions. Is he the best player in the league? He's not even the best player at the London uh, London Lions. (laughs) (laughs) But there you go. So that, that's a little interjection there. Let's go back to what we'd... Let's, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll go through the league table as it stands at the moment, the BBL league table, not the BTR. Um, and we'll see if these guys move around at any point. London Lions, of course, the top 10 and 0. Is the duo of Matt Morgan and Gabe Oliseni falling down the table at any point, do we think? They shouldn't do. Depends, but... if, depends what you're judging on. Is, it, is this a two-on-two... NBA Jam, is this a just overall ranking? This is kind of, you've got to, yeah, they're obviously not going to match up all these pairs, but in Mm. terms of duo and playing ability, um, regardless of the rest of the squad, as it were, are these, are any duos going to cause them problems, as it were? Um, 
those two know they shouldn't they shouldn't know no yeah i'd agree they gotta be top for me annoyingly well let's bristol flyers are in second and we went with brad green and tevin ollison um obviously out of the two teams we leave in lions top or do you think tevin ollison and brad green can uh are, are a better duo no oh mr hardy I am blinded by loyalty, but uh, I reckon they could have them on their day. Oh, behave yourself. Both for Nicholson when the Pats come along. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a great battle. Uh, I mean, you know, Matt Morgan's a shooter. Tevin Ollison's a shooter. Um, maybe Matt Morgan is better than Tevin. Yeah, I mean, come on, let's not be silly. They are better, but um, not by as much as uh, some may think, in my opinion. Well, can they be this uh, dislodged from second place by a combination of Aaron Rye and... Do we get Macy or Jack in the end? Yeah. yeah See, now I, think... I, as a pet... Oh, sorry, go on, Matt, go on. So for me, I think um, Flyers are comfortably number two. This Ooh. this pair are comfortably comfortably number two, and I'll and I'll I'll scrap out with anyone. Nicholson, mate, I don't know what I don't I don't know what they're passing around in Bristol right now. But, um, <laughs> che- Cheshire Phoenix, a second in the league. Aaron Wright and Mason. Oh yeah, the league's not been updated. I've only just noticed that. Macy Jack and Aaron Wright have been nothing short of extraordinary this season. Um, both of them, every everything that you said that each of your individual players have, Aaron Wright and Macy Jack have both. I've got to be honest. I think Macy Jack and Aaron Roy jumped to second. Yes, one hundred percent. And eight, six, ten, purely. <laughs> 17 and 19. They no, they they can't do what uh, well, let's hope that let's hope they're playing in the half court then, shall we? Well, they're playing each other this weekend, so that'll be fun. We'll see, we shall see. That'll be fun, but I, I uh, I think Matt, you've been you might have been slightly outvoted. I think the quality of Maceo Jack and uh, and just how, how much of an incredible. I've said it too many times on this show so far tonight, but a revelation that Aaron Rye has been, he is. Uh, I mean, I th- I feel like they challenge the Lions to a degree as well. Watching Aaron Rye in the flesh, he is something special. He has been slept on by many BBL teams. He, he ha- have you have you seen him live? No, I haven't. I've no, seen him live. <laughs> <laughs> we need to. We you, need- you you've oh, been. Um, pulling for him since before this season started, you were all you have always been very high on him. So I, I do respect that opinion. Um, he is, Ads, Ads was the man. Who's, yeah, Ads was big. On He's him. very good. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> he would look great in teal. I think. Uh, I think in terms of a vote, I think we've got them in second. Flyers have drifted down, and and it, I mean. Uh, I'm going by the BBL's table that's not been updated, but Caledonia are next on the list, and I'm not sure Caledonia, with their pair, break into this no, top Cal- three that we've got at the moment. Caledonia is a team built on depth, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a massive fan of Patrick Whelan. I think he's phenomenal. Uh, 
Debose, I don't know. I was, I, I'm still not sure on the kind of the duo for that team. Debose has been very good, but a lot of turnovers. I think that maybe this is where the teams that are because, and, and I would say Bristol are one of those where the, the team ethos is greater than the individuals. I think that in a in an experiment like this, that's where these two teams will will kind of suffer. And although Patrick Whelan's one of the best names on this entire list as a duo, say, yeah, I'm not he, sure he goes into it, but I'm I'm not sure about the other. Yeah, yeah, as a duo, I think. What do we think that we they're going to be outside this? They're not affecting the top three. They're in fourth, effectively fourth right now. Yeah. I think so. They're, they're definitely not better than that Bristol pair. And if you guys swear blind that that Cheshire pair are beating that Bristol pair, then they're definitely not. So, well, here's another team that's that is probably going to suffer from this, and that's Leicester, because I'm not sure Leicester cracked that top three either. And I think they're perhaps just below Caledonia. Fifth, fifth so <laughs> yeah. far. Yeah, is that fair? I yeah. don't think so. I think Pat Whelan alone brings. The Caledonia pair above whatever Leicester pair you're bringing, which leads us to Sheffield. Now it's really difficult doing this not to look at the kind of team around them kind of thing and just look at the duo in in this sense because, like we've already mentioned, the stigma that's kind of followed Sheffield around probably unfairly. Uh, Pipkins and Kipper Nichols, I like that duo a lot. And I'm not. I don't know if they they jump ahead of Caledonia and uh, and Leicester and are knocking on the door of Bristol. No, no, I don't think so. I I think they might do. You know, um, maybe Leicester, maybe Leicester, but I don't think Caledonia. No, because of the Pat Whelan effect. Exactly that. Matt, you happy with that? Slot. Yeah, slot them in at five then. Oh, Leicester fans are going to hate us. Nothing. Eagles. Now, th- <laughs> this is this is where it gets really tough because I would argue that the Eagles have got three of the best point guards in the league on their one team. We've picked two of them. And the two we've picked, Ricky McGill over the last two games, more, more so probably recency biased to a degree, and Jordan Johnson over the course of of the of the season, and probably living off a little bit of what he did uh, when Caledonia was Glasgow Rocks. But I, I've got these guys up in third. I I was going to say they are knocking on the door of second, um, so I would be quite comfortable with third. So second's out of the question. I think they're not going to move it. For sure. If oh, do you know, no, do you know what? I'm going with it. I'm second. Live it. Yeah. I wear it. Wear it. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I'd back that as well. Um, having seen them in the flesh, I think they're a very, very good pairing. Um, but you know, they, what have they lost? Four of their last five. Yeah. So if we take, if we're taking that into account. But is that more related to the rest of the team around them? I know Ricky McGill struggled shooting wise and did a played yeah. a lot of one on one basketball. So yeah. rec- recency bias is the, probably the biggest turnaround for this. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but in terms of just 
just god given talent. You got you got to put them up there, haven't you? Okay, second or so third. I, I would... Third. Oh second. god, second, third. Oh Jesus Christ. Um. Oh, second or third. Come on, Pabs. It's Ryan Maceo Jack. Make the governor's decision. Or JJ and uh, Ricky McGill. Could give him the benefit just because Aaron Rye's injured. Maybe that could. Yeah, uh, that's the other. That's the other recency side of it. Is that we're maybe yeah. uh, although we've talked very highly about Aaron Rye, he yeah. hasn't he hasn't scored thirty odd points in the last two games. <laughs> Sixty-seven in the last few. Years. <laughs> oh well, let's go second. There you go. Yeah, Why not? Go. Controversy. Um, Manchester Giants. Do they crack the top seven? No. We're putting them below Leicester and Sheffield. Yeah, you got it really. I think. Yeah, that's a, it. It uh, may. You know what? I I'd go. I'd leapfrog them over Leicester just for the same reason that Pat Whelan drags Caledonia up. I think Jamel also has that effect with this Manchester tandem. He just mm. drags that up himself a little bit. So we move. We're bumping them up. Didn't they beat Leicester as well? Yeah, I believe so. We, we're bumping them up ahead of Leicester. Nicholson, <laughs> are we doing that? Uh, Nick Lewis and Jamil Anderson I don't don't think I don't know I'm personally not but yeah um... no when you say it out loud it's tough isn't it yeah I we'll leave them in 8th for now and see what happens with the next Surrey Scorchers this way gets interesting two of the best point guards to play in the BBL one of them is one of the best players I've ever seen play in the flesh in Andrew Lawrence but don't think about that. You got to think about what it is now. London City Royals, but yeah, when you when you well when you say that, I'm I'm instantly worried about injury, and longevity of of a dynamic duo like this for me puts them maybe just above Manchester. Yeah, I can do. <laughs> and and maybe pushing on Leicester. Hang on, did we put Sharks ahead of Leicester? We did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you could be right there, yeah. You, yeah, that's hard to disagree with. Um, it's the hmm. Matt. What do you reckon? See, I I'm not. I'm more new to the BBL, and I don't have these oh, well, rose tinted we'll, memories. We'll get more of an accurate response from you then. Go on. Just, I'm not blown away. I think it hmm. doesn't contribute to winning. I know a lot goes into it, but I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not clamouring to have them higher up the table um, as you guys are. We're leaving them in ninth, then. For me personally, I think taking. I think yeah. I think taking away the what we've seen from the two in the past. Mm. It's two marquee names, but perhaps not quite up to speed with what's coming in. Nicholson, what do you reckon? Above Manchester, I, I can see him above Manchester just because the, the pair of them are more of a. Consistent but it's difficult pair, because I can't, than... I can't help but think of 
what they have been as well as what they are now. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's so difficult. Could both of these guys in their prime, you would put them in number one. Pretty both much. of these guys were in their prime, I'd still be at secondary school. All right, pipe down. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> both these guys are in their prime, I'm still depressed at work. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. I I I would put them above Manchester, but I think I think above Manchester is fair. I think any higher, and then we're looking too far back in the past. But I think I think I feel like oh, I don't know. I will we'll say above Manchester. Put them up to eighth. Manchester dropped to ninth. I feel like with the best will in the world, that Manchester pairing is is top heavy and that Jamal Anderson is just everything for that team. And in terms of the duo, he's kind of everything for that duo. Nick Lewis can go off any given night. I'm a massive fan of his. But Andrew Lawrence and Justin Robinson, as it, even as it stands now, not even looking or trying not to look too far back into the past, I think they, they edge, they maybe edge over. Um, Are they still not everything for that team, this Surrey team, and the Surrey team have got one win this season? Fair. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> we going back on that then? Are we leaving them in ninth? I, I think you've actually just made a really good point, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Annoyingly. Okay, after all that then, <laughs> let's leave them in ninth. Which leads us to one of the more controversial ones, I reckon this could be, the Pats. Ah, Mr. Grant Young's here. You're too late to plead your case for the the duo of Pat Whelan and um, uh, Ian Dubois, 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 as the the guys are saying tonight. Is he now French? Hi, guys. How are you? He he is now French, yes. We're going for... Where are we putting the Pats now? Matt Hardy. (laughs) so as we've got it so far I believe we've got Lions duo at the top Eagles Cheshire Bristol is it Caledonia next then Sheffield then Leicester who's Bristol's then Manchester then Surrey and now we're going to work out where the packs are going to be. And I'm going to say straight away that there's no way that duo is at the bottom. No, that that duo. If we're taking just a duo of TJ Atwood and Taylor Sheffield. Johnson. Yeah, I think we, we're shooting up the table. I would I would argue in terms of a pairing that may be above Caledonia, but the Caledonian man's here now. TJ Atwood is elite. His stat lines have been monster. And 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 consistently, we're talking five games of massive efficiency, big points, big rebounds, and he's had to do it, you know, in tough circumstances as well. In losses, a lot of the time. (laughs) I would I would definitely put them above Sheffield. Um, putting above Catalonia is a bit of an ask, but. They would they would put a good fight up against him. What do we reckon, Mr. Hardy? Uh speaking as someone who's as a Flyers fan. 
as a fly fan. <laughs> um, again, like I think they're they're good team, they're good players, but they're they are so, they're quite far away good. Like they they're the best players on the team by a, by a, quite a big margin. So it's hard to accurately sort of balance. Oh, no. That's what That's this not. is. That's exactly what this is. We're they all play against the same people you lot play against. It's the it's the no, pair. No, 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 no. It's the duo. Um, Stab myself in the leg. Yeah. No. No. I'm I'm happy. Yeah. I I I I haven't got the list in front of me, but I I'd be happy if they were kind of up there a little bit. I don't think they're up there with. Uh, maybe they could be up there, kind of riders level of of um people. I don't know. But what do you Grant? So, I don't know. Do you, do you reckon? I mean, the pairing we've Thank got you, for Grant. Bri- pairing we've got for Bristol is Tevin Ollison and Brad Green. Do we think TJ Atwood and Taylor Johnson could go above them? You're crazy. I mean, is Tevin Ollison the best one of the best players in Bristol's <laughs> roster? Yep, statistically. Statistically, yes, but Bristol are more it's, of a team. Bristol's more. So this is where they. In this, uh, we've in this said, game, Bristol yeah. could drop. Bristol, Caledonia, Leicester struggle in this because they're more of a rounded team. I'll tell you what, here's a question. If, if you were to take those two players out of Bristol mm-hmm. and put them with one of these other teams, are you saying they'll just be as effective as they are now? Um, yeah. Tevin Ollison is an absolute flamethrower of a shooter. You stick him anywhere and you give him space, he's going to go off. Brad Green is a mountain of a man. And if you give it to him in the low post, it doesn't matter what jersey he's got on, he's going to dominate. Okay. Okay. Does he have other skill sets or is it just those? (laughs) (laughs) I'm being fussy. I'm being fussy. I'm joking. Just to to throw... Um, not a spanner in the works, but I would say that t- somebody like Taylor Johnson on a different team is Aaron Roy, essentially. That that's what we're looking at. True. I don't know if that's if that's fair. Is that fair? The answer, Mister Mister Neutral, who's who's turned up in his David Lloyd been sweatshirt. Been a busy day, lads. Been a yeah, long day. Minus um, one degrees in Scotland up there. No, nah, it was warmer today. It was eight degrees today. Eight. Oh, uh, it's tropical. Tropical had my shorts on. Anyway, uh, back to basketball. Um, I think you those. I mean, was it T- Taylor? Both TJs, yeah, yeah. I think they're they're quality players. Like they both Atwood against us, just slowly went about his work and then did his damage in the fourth quarter, keeping Plymouth in it. On the other end of the scale, Taylor Johnson went off in the first quarter and a half, and then kind of died off. I feel Atwood can find his own shots. So as a duo is pretty good. So I would probably put them, if not on par or slightly above Bristol. Oh, oh I love the reactions. Look, like at that. That, like that. Look at that! I like that. My guy. Look at that reaction. I mean, I mean, Grant. Like just as a, as a neutral, Grant. I'm taking. I'll go through them one by one in order, and and tell me if the Pats are beating them. London Lions. Who's the duo? Um, mate, um, Matt Morgan and Gabe Olasani. Nah, they get absolutely thumped. Cheshire Phoenix, Aaron Rye, and Maceo Jack. I think it's close. Oh, actually, above that, we've got um, 
Ricky McGill and Jordan Johnson, they're second on our ranking of duos. Have those two played a good game together yet? Well, last couple. Obviously, one was a loss, but... Mm, true. Okay, no, they're not better than those two. Uh, but Aaron Roy and uh, Maceo Jack, come back to that one. I think that'd be close. How close? Close. close. Do they go above them? No. Uh, who we go after that? Caledonia, I think, is after that. Or is that Bristol? I can't remember now. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this again. <laughs> I've not been able to take any notes. Am I taking either of them over Pat Wheel and Anine Boss? No. Uh, well, that's where your bias comes from. But are they are they above the are they above the flyers? That's the question. Tevin Ollison, Brad Green, TJ. I'm not Brad Green. I'm a huge Brad Green fan. It's Tevin Ollison. If I'd, who would you have as the other pair? As the other I don't know. The uh, Raheem, not Raheem. Um, Graham oh, well. Bell, sorry. Mm, that's another good. He's, he's a good player. We did. We talk, we talk. We did talk about that. Okay. We definitely we covered that one. But the Pats theoretically could be uh, creeping up the table. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't the great place for a Flyers fan, is it, right now? But he's neutral, so, you know, we have to go. Yeah, go I, can't the... argue, I can't argue. I'm just as blinded by loyalty <laughs> as, you, as you two are. So we've got happy. two as well. I'm I should say, for, for anybody who can't see the screen, we've got one one in a, in a Patriots top and one in a Flyers top, so it's quite... <laughs> <laughs> we, know they, we know where they lie. I got Worthing Bears. Yeah, that's my that's my jam. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll post that little list out. Um, there's certainly been some shuffling around. I'll uh, I'll listen back to this and and get uh, get the table put out there, and we'll t- we'll tweet that out. See what you guys think. Yay or nay? Have an opinion on it. Move things around yourself. But it's just in terms of the duos, not in terms of anything else. <laughs> around that and that's uh that's pretty much it for the show tonight um it's been fun uh mr hardy sir have you enjoyed yourself always yeah thank you for inviting me on i had a blast it's always good to talk hoops with you guys um so yeah thanks for having me well this is one of many times um we haven't done predictions actually shit look at that nearly forgot that no one no one reminded me ah <laughs> <sighs> I just assumed you'd done it. You just assumed we'd done it. Right, let's... uh, Well, I've got nothing I can write it. I'll tell you what, predictions-wise, send them to me, fellas, and I'll uh, (laughs) I'll add them to the the, uh, database, and we'll get that copied and pasted and tweeted out as well. Oh, it's been a long day. Nicholson, anything to say before we go? Um, Yeah, not today. Time. You had a today, Paul. Mate, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. No, hit me. I'm, I, I believe you. I'm <laughs> no, he, he literally we'll, wants we'll, to... We'll, uh, we'll talk off air. He literally wants to go to bed. Uh, I'm knackered. Grant, my man. Mate. Thanks for joining us, bro. I'm sorry I kind of gatecrashed the party. I just wanted to... I had a bit of FOMO, you know? like Yeah, you're all good, mate. Like, it's not like a Tuesday night to be finishing work at whatever time it is, half ten now. And that's crazy. I, I thought I'd see if the boys are still going and interrupt and get in the way of stuff. You're firmly stuck in the leisure centre area, aren't you? As in having to work there till half past ten at night. Did you have to take yoga in the end? 
Uh, no yoga was delivered by I Can Barely Touch My Toes tonight, so no, no, unfortunately not. I used to, I used to be a yoga instructor. Bet you did. Bod- body balance. It was a, it was a, yeah, yeah. a fad from New Zealand. That, is it still going, that sort of stuff? Yeah, Les Mills stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did a bit of body balance, a bit of body pump. Back when Can I weighed... Body pump? Back when I weighed about 10 stone less than I weigh now. <laughs> oh, dear. Fantastic. <laughs> I'd instruct, I wouldn't take part. Um, any of the plug from your end? I know you, you put a little post out on the Discord, the weekly Gladiators show. Yeah, weekly Gladiators show dropped. Obviously, a very good week for the club in general, to be honest. Uh, I mean, four big wins. Um, commentated my first ever game as well. Don't know if that was mentioned earlier on. Didn't you just? No, he didn't mention that. And a great job you did as well. Oh, thanks. So that was uh, a sterling job. Oh, thank you so much. That was good fun. Enjoyed that. Uh, we'll see if that ends up happening again. So, yeah, Gladiators have got big game tomorrow night in Europe Cup. Yeah. I'll be there. Cheering the lads on. Apparently, over a hundred between one hundred and two hundred Polish fans expected at the game. Yeah, they like they like to travel. So, if there's any flares or whatever else, we'll have fire alarms and all sorts probably going off. <laughs> um, so that's exciting, and yeah, that's about it. And yeah, oh, mate, take some take some uh, footage of of the uh, the boisterous. Fans. There's something like, back in the day when we didn't have camera phones and things like that. When the Bears were in Europe, early 2000s, we had Retas come down and bought like a thousand fans that just took up the middle section of the seats before anybody else got there. Uh, Split bought about a thousand as well that just sort of sat in the middle and sat there before anyone got there. And I think they travelled all day without the aid of deodorant. It absolutely reeked. But <laughs> they were just ballistically loud, like from start to finish, non-stop. So yeah, take get some footage of that, post that up. But uh, I want to know when when's my call up. I'm ready. I've got my my uh, my Glasgow Rocks and Caledonia Gladiators facts for what? That's <sighs> hurt. That's hurtful. It's very hurtful to be on the weekly show, of course. But never Podcast, mind. Mate. Hey, if you if you're <laughs> home in time for a, a half seven start on a Monday, you're you're in. You can come on any time. Half seven on a Monday. If I'm off, mate, I'm there. If you can make it before we go at half eight or whatever time we oh, something. Oh, what do. an evening that would be! That is that your Monday nights normally? An entire evening talking basketball. What worlds are made of? Oh, that's and then a Tuesday, a Tuesday morning spent editing before I start work. Yes, I'm about to do that now. Good. Um, <laughs> I'm literally editing. I mean, I think I've been editing most of the show. Oh, good. Oh, nice to see you dialed in. Anyway. Thank you, fellas, for joining me. Thank you at home for listening. That'll be it from us this week. Until next week, take it easy. And we'll speak to you soon.